listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on a Thursday. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Harrison, Christian, and Sabrina will have you covered all throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. One of the people behind the magic at Silver Screen and Roll uh, that I just after the aforementioned Christian, well, I your last name in too, right? Christian Rivas. Christian, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Just... Uh more ready for the postseason to get rolling than I think the Lakers are at the moment. Well, yeah, they also, they yeah, come on. They just got AD back. They're, they're without LeBron and they're going to be ready. They still got what? How many games do they got left here? What? Uh, 10 games left? 10 games. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they'll, 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 they'll get it together. And with, let's, let's talk about this first. I know Sabrina and Anthony covered it a bit um, yesterday, but we were talking about like the fact that uh, LeBron coming back, you know, Frank Vogel said they expect him. He should be able to come back this week. Uh, what do you think is a realistic timeline that we might see him back on the court? Like, are you looking at like Sunday versus the Raptors? Or are you thinking Monday versus Denver? Are we going into next week? Uh, I'm I'm thinking probably Monday against the Nuggets. Um, is that right? Yo, yeah, yeah, it would be the second night of a back to back. That's fun. Um, but yeah, I, I think obviously it would be great to have them against the Raptors because that's a game. Uh, where at at least from a head-to-head standpoint where LeBron can probably play like 15, 20 minutes and the Lakers can pull away with the win, I think pretty comfortably. The Nuggets game, having him, having that be his first game back, I think would be a little harder, even though they don't have Jamal Murray. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of an easier matchup, which is why it's so important for them to stay in that five seed because right now the Lakers are currently slotted to play the Nuggets in the first round. Um, aside from that, though, I, I think the Lakers just need them back before the postseason starts. Uh, the sooner the better, though, because they, they just keep dropping games and, and the teams below them in the Western Conference keep winning. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're looking at if you're looking at the bigger picture, though, right, Christian, I mean, we're, we're trying to look at it and say, OK, these guys want to win a championship. Let's just get in healthy. Right. I mean, I think that's kind of the, the primary focus at, at this point. I mean, Dallas is only a game and a half back. Uh, going into action tonight uh, you know the four seed obviously like you mentioned probably way out of way out of range right now we don't even know if it's going to be Denver or the Clippers right because they're only a game apart as well in the Western Conference so I think ultimately you're looking at the Lakers schedule like you said you, you got the Denver game coming up on Monday I, I don't think there's any point in rushing him we saw that with AD and I think that was a good sign that the the medical staff you know the way they handled his return it was like all right we're going to put him on a 15 minute restriction to start it's a game by game basis and then boom he was ready to go you know what i mean he was ready to play uh mm-hmm. they're not really t- holding him back anymore i think they've done that with Le- when I mean, you saw him shooting around on the court in washington you're like yeah he doesn't look like he's having too too many issues there so i feel like they've done the right thing let these guys rest a little bit longer and get ready. Cause if you get into the postseason, and I mean, that Denver matchup is, is super juicy. If you're looking at, you don't want to, I, not that I'm afraid to play the Clippers. I would just rather have Denver in the first round. And then you're going Utah it, likely. If, and if they can stay ahead of Phoenix in round two, I, I think things are shaping up pretty good for the Lakers. What do you think overall? Um, <laughs> I don't on know. The opposite. If, okay. Yeah, why, why, why? I, I don't know if I'm in that same boat. I don't know. I think, um, uh... A lot of people have compared this to the bubble and, and the restart last season when it comes to the Lakers. LeBron James only had like seven games to ramp up before the postseason last year. Um, and he looked pretty good. 
I don't know if you've looked at his stats from the postseason, but he looked as good as, as he's ever looked. I think the difference is the Lakers had their rotation pretty set in stone and, and, you know, their, their core guys set well before then, like before the season was, was even halted. I think they had an idea of what they're going to go into the postseason looking like. Obviously Avery Bradley not making the trip changed things a little bit. Uh, but generally speaking, I think the guys that they were going to close with, uh, that they closed with in the regular season ended up being the guys they closed with in the postseason. And I don't know, this year it just seems like there are more question marks when it comes to the rotation and, and guys fitting. Uh, most notably with with Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond. You know, they've looked pretty bad together in their in their first few games. I anticipate that will get better when LeBron James gets back. And I, I also don't think Drummond is going to be important enough or, or featured enough in that starting lineup to where it's going to matter whether he's an all-star level or, or playing much better than he is right now. But it is certainly a, a question mark that the Lakers didn't have before LeBron James got injured. And they have a handful of, of those question marks scattered throughout the roster. And, uh, and this is the most important thing, the Mavericks and Trailblazers are right behind them in the standings. Like, I didn't think a, a play-in game was a realistic uh, scenario for the Lakers because of how much cushion they had before LeBron James and Anthony Davis went down. They have lost some winnable games that I thought they'd win, and now, you know, they're only two games out of that play-in spot. Okay, which ones? Because I'm looking like looking back at that. Which ones did you think that they could have won? Because I mean, I think they beat the teams they they really were supposed to. They got a surprise win against Utah. Uh, the Mavs games obviously dropping back to back. That that really really hurt in the standings. But even Washington's been playing lights out. You know what I mean? I mean they, they they've been playing great. And I just think it was a talent thing. You look at it. You got Sacramento coming up on Friday, which by all means, since we write about the Kings too, we know how bad they are right now. You know, they're missing deer and Fox too. Um, mm-hmm. So if you look at, if you look at, at that game coming up, then you got the Raptors uh, on Sunday. It's like, if they can even get, just get the win against Sac- uh, Sacramento, then you're down to nine games. Right. And at least, you know, you have, you have a little bit, but I do think they will be, I don't think they're in danger of falling into the, the, the play in positioning. I mean, Portland, uh, has won a couple in a row. They were struggling before that. Dallas is obviously, and they got an easy schedule down the stretch. I'd be a little bit more concerned about them. But again, if you stay in the top six and you're guaranteed to go into the playoffs with uh, a, a healthy roster, that's number one thing. And I think that's where the, the way the Lakers should be looking at it. And I've said that before on the podcast, like it doesn't really matter what they're doing now, as long as they get on the court, because look, dude, they got LeBron and Anthony Davis. And if those two guys are even at 90%, it's going to be very, very tough for any team to, to beat the Lakers in the Western Conference. I, I think Phoenix is, is the most complete team, but they don't have much uh, playoff experience. But I think that's where they're they, you know, that, that's the only team that really is scaring me at this point. But I, I don't I just don't think they're they're in danger of figuring that out. And I think I'm, I'm basing this off of what I've seen from Frank Vogel which is the fact that he's willing to make adjustments. He doesn't get stuck with, with one group of rotations. He'll adjust compared to, you know, uh, to the, who the opponent is and he'll go from there. And I think if you're looking at it from that point, like I I'm not as concerned as you about how the Lakers are going to look going into the playoffs. Cause we're still about, you know, two and a half weeks away from, from the end of the regular season, but I am concerned about how Drummond and AD look together. And I'm with you. I think if, if Drummond and AD can't figure out by the time LeBron comes back, like we might see Drummond just move to the bench and, and playing eight, 10 minutes a game in the playoffs. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I do. And uh, 
you know, the big reason I think that's a possibility is because Andre Drummond is almost certainly going to sign with another team in free agency. Um, unless he just looks like a veterans minimum player in the postseason. Uh, but I, I don't see that happening. Charlotte has the money to pay him. Uh, New York, where, you know, it's in the general vicinity of where he's from. Um, they have some money to pay him and they both need some help at center. So I expect to, somebody will pay him. It just won't be the Lakers. And, you know, if that's the case, if if he's not, if, if things aren't clicking the way they were with Marcus All, who I know Lakers fans have have their issues with, but, I mean, if you look at the numbers, the the numbers with AD and Gasol are a lot better than AD and Drummond right now. And I, when it comes to the postseason, it, it doesn't matter whose feelings you're you're hurting. We saw that with JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard last season. You know, there's a whole there was a whole series where they they didn't really play. And um, you know, if that's going to be the case with Andre Drummond, I, I think of any of of all the Lakers centers that Frank Vogel has at his disposal, I think Andre Drummond, uh, just in terms of fit and success that he's had playing alongside the, the team as constructed, is probably the most dispo- uh, disposable. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, again, we'll see if it even matters if Andre Drummond's good. Maybe LeBron James and Anthony Davis are so good that, you know, you can you could have put Damian Jones at that center position and they would have been fine. But uh, right now it, it's not, <laughs> it's not looking as good as I think uh, the Lakers expected it to look. I want to ask you a couple more questions uh, about Drummond. We'll, we'll do that after a short break. All right. And we're back. Uh, Christian, you were saying before that we took the break there about uh, the questions about Drummond. Right. And I looked at it too, when they brought him in, I'm like, okay, he's a piece you could look at as an option, right? You're not counting on Andre Drummond to be right. the final piece to a championship puzzle. You're looking at him and saying, all right, this guy gives us, a, I mean, Andre Drummond's a nice player. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's great. He's obviously he's, he's put up pretty good numbers in his career, albeit for some pretty bad teams. But if you look at, at what he brings to the Lakers, I think to me, I don't want to say they made a mistake, but I mean, by letting go both JaVale and, and Dwight, I mean, then they probably couldn't, you know, look at the numbers and we're like, we're not going to pay for this. But I, I think having somebody like that, because Drummond, he needs the ball in his hand, right? Like Dwight was almost, that, that was the thing with Dwight Howard. When he was in Orlando, he was so friggin' good. You know, he was one, probably the best center in the game for what, 10 years? Um, but once he got to a point, he got to Houston and, he, and, you know, he's obviously bounced around Atlanta, Washington. You're looking at, he wasn't the same player, but he accepted the fact that, look, I'm not going to be one of the primary scoring options, right? Like mm-hmm. my job here is to, is to rebound. My job here is to block some shots. And if they ask me to, to score and, you know, catch some lobs, I'll do that. Do you think Drummond will be able to put himself into that mindset? Because, you know, you look at the contract negotiations and they wanted certain guarantees and they wanted him to play and, you know, depending on, on what you believe. But when you look at, him as a player do you think that's a role he could accept he's not a great rim protector he's not going to bring that kind of thing but i mean be more of a, of a presence and more of a screener or is that like something you're just not looking at happening with andre drummond well okay so the thing with andre drummond isn't buying into a certain role like i think he can do all of the things the lakers want him to do at a you know at a decently high level like as high of, uh, of a level as JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard did last season and in some respects e- even better than they could the the problem with Drummond isn't his ability and it, it's not even like 
his ego. It's how engaged he stays when he's on the court because there are some possessions where Andre Drummond is defending in space and using his hands to poke away steals where you look at it and you go, okay, well, you get Alex Caruso, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James on the floor with this guy. The Lakers are going to be absolutely terrifying on defense uh, because they're just going to be really disruptive in the passing lanes. And when it comes to rebounds, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and, and Andre Drummond are just going to gobble them up. However, <laughs> there there are also possessions where you look at Andre Drummond and he's kind of just watching the offense be played around him when he's on defense and and that's a big problem um and i i don't know if that's a type of guy you can have on the court in the postseason mantras harrell i understand has his shortcomings on the defensive end but his but you take what he brings you right i mean on yeah. the offensive end right it, and and it's not even that but his struggles on the defensive end really come down to size and ability that is not the case with Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond, part the big part of the appeal with him is, you know, this is a big guy that moves really, really well. It's just how often he wants to do it. And uh, it, it's better to have a guy like Montrezl Harrell or Marcus Gasol in front of somebody and, and making that effort than it is uh, to have Drummond on the floor when he's just kind of zoned out and, and lost on defense. So, you know, the hope is that, with time he'll become more engaged or you know when the postseason rolls around that intensity will just picked up uh every possession will matter for him and and he'll look a lot better but um you know right now it's it's kind of hard to see that and hopefully it gets easier to see that when when lebron james is back hey christian well he doesn't have a lot of time if he's gonna figure it out he better do it quick here otherwise (laughs) he's gonna be finding himself sitting in street clothes on the bench the, the entire playoffs uh i'm with you too i think it's you know, and I, and I look at this like if you look historically at, at, at you know, good championship teams, obviously the Lakers are, are, are the defending champs. And if you look at you have to have a certain attitude to play on those teams. You know what I mean? It's easy, I'm not saying it's easy for us, like in terms of regular people. I'm saying as an NBA player, like you sign with a team like the Pistons and, and you know, Cleveland Cavaliers and you're just kind of there and you're floating through. There's no real culture. You're just kind of, you know, there you're getting paid. You're, you show up to practice. You show up to games mm-hmm. with, with a team like the Lakers. It's like, no, man, like you got LeBron James on your ass. Like he's going to be like, hey, right. you know, get it together and you got to do this. And if Andre Drum is not getting that by the time and LeBron and we've seen him, he will put Andre Drummond into his place, whether that's on the, you know, during a game or at practice. So if he's not engaged by the time you get to the May 9th, May 11th games, it's like, dude, you got to get him out of the rotation, right? Because I'm looking at, I'm looking at at the Lakers. If you look at their closing lineup, how, how would you, how would you go with it? Would you go Schroeder, LeBron, AD, uh, Kuzma, Montrez, Harrell, KCP? What would your, what would your combination look like if you had to make a decision? Oh, good. That, that is a great question. <laughs> what I've thought about quite a bit uh, over the last month. I think Schroeder has, as, as a point of attack defender, has been a lot better than I thought he'd be. And while I think Alex Caruso is, is better on that, that end, I think Schroeder's ability to create his own shot and attack the basket is invaluable to this team, even when LeBron James is on the court. So... Uh, I love Caruso. I wouldn't mind if he closed games, but right now I think I give the slight edge to Dennis Schroeder. Then you have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and 
honestly, whoever is playing better between Marquise Morris and Kyle Kuzma. I think Kyle Kuzma has the potential to be that, you know, closing guy at the four if his shot is falling. Uh, but if it's not, I think what Marquise Morris opens up on offense is probably more valuable than what Kyle Kuzma brings on defense. And honestly, since when Anthony Davis was hurt, Marquise Morris wasn't that bad on defense either. I didn't mind him at all. So uh, the Lakers are in a good spot when it comes to their, the the guys they can close with. I mean, listen, Marcus all and Wesley Matthews are both on the bench and they were starting for playoff teams last year. Like that's how deep this Lakers team is. Um, the, the big question is, uh, are they going to figure it out? Or uh, do they have enough time to figure it out? And if the answer is no, if, if you're a Lakers fan, I think the thing you can find some solace in is Frank Vogel has shown that he's willing to make those tough decisions and, and those adjustments where they're needed. Uh, and if that means, you know, benching Andre Drummond or, you know, even <laughs> the cutting into Montrez Harrell's minutes a ton because Anthony Davis just looks better at center. Uh, then you gotta, then you gotta trust him and until, you know, he leads you astray. I'm with you. And I, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like I remember after the Pistons loss, I think it was late, late January that people are like, we got to fire Frank Vogel. It's like, what are you talking about? They're 14 and six. Like it happens. They're going to lose some games. And, and I think that's the way I, I'm trying to look at this and, and, and approaches. I think if you're looking at it, from a logical standpoint, like you mentioned, Frank Vogel has shown, and, and I said that earlier in the pod too, that he has shown, I'm willing to make whatever changes I need to make. Like we know right. the only thing we know for sure with the Lakers come playoff time is that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to be at the, on the floor at the end of the game, pending they're healthy, right? That's what mm -hmm. we know. Anything else, it's all, it's almost a guess. It's like we can comfortably say, yeah, Schroeder will, will most likely be out there to, to close out games. The other two spots, who knows? And I think that's where it comes. And like you mentioned, you had guys like Gasol, guys like uh, Wesley Matthews, who were starting on playoff caliber teams last season. And they're, they're afterthoughts right now in the Lakers. You know what I mean? So it's a good problem to have. And, and about you know people who are saying, I totally showed my Canadian this there when I said about, by the way, but that's just the way I say it. <laughs> but when you look at, when you look at how, uh, how they're, they're going to finish out, like I, to me, I look at it, I'm like, if they get three or four days, three or four games in of just playing together. I think Vogel and the coaching staff, they'll break it down nicely and they'll figure that out. So to me, I'm not, I'm not worried about it, but I will wrap up on this. Where, who is the one team in the Western conference that you're looking at? You're like, that is going to be, that could be a troublesome matchup in the first round for the Lakers. Uh, the Utah Jazz. I, okay, but I know a lot of Lakers fans don't feel the same way. Um, I get the Rudy Gobert argument. Anthony Davis absolutely cooked him last season. Um, and those games were thoroughly enjoyable. But Mike Conley being as good as he's been for them and just the way their offense has has looked throughout the season. They Donovan Mitchell's injured right now, and they're still at the top of their game. Um, a team that can make threes at a high level and play defense at a high level, I think, is the worst, the Lakers' worst nightmare. And... Uh, that's not to say I don't think the Lakers can beat the Jazz in a playoff series. Uh, LeBron James is really, 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 really good at basketball, and <laughs> it'd be hard to bet against uh, to rule him out entirely in a, in a playoff series. But the Jazz worry me 
more than any team in the West. Uh, the the Clippers are are a close second, uh, followed by the Jazz or followed by the Suns. But yeah, the Jazz <laughs> the Jazz scare the crap out of me, man. See, I, I I'm the complete. I, I'm I've been like this all season where I I just think the Jazz are a very good team. I just don't think they're a championship team, and I think they're they're playing lights out. Um, you know, whatever they're, they're without Donovan Mitchell, they also lost a couple of games to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I'm not convinced totally on Utah yet. I said, I think Phoenix proposes a tough, like could offer a tough matchup for the Lakers. I would put the Clippers second. And that's really the only two teams that scare me in the West. You know what I mean? I, I don't really think that the, the jazz will put up enough of a fight. I don't think the Lakers will end up seeing them till, till round two, but we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, before we wrap things up, don't forget, like I mentioned, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network, wherever you get your fix. If it's on Spotify, iTunes, you name it, we're there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. We'll catch up with you all next week.